episode 32 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on April 10th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. Just when you thought you knew all there was to know about 5.2, Bioware held a live stream and gave us a few nuggets of additional information. I'll have all the details for you today. The Star Wars Celebration Cantina Tour happens this Friday. I'll have some updated information on the location as well as guests and awesome swag they'll be handing out. Could a reboot of the original Knights of the Old Republic game be in the works? I'll talk about a rumor that popped up about this classic game. Finally this week, after spending much of Eternal Throne playing solo, I joined a new guild. I'll tell you how it's affected my game. And with that, it's time to make the jump to Lightspeed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Welcome to episode 32 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another terrific show lined up for you today. First, as always, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. So, talk about the best laid plans. I got my act together this week, recorded the podcast, was almost done editing it with the intention of releasing it to you ahead of game update 5.2. And what happens, but Bioware announces that they are delaying the release by one week of game update 5.2. And here's what Eric Musco uh, posted on the forums. And he said, we want to ensure our updates release at the highest quality possible. In game update 5.2, the war for Iocath is no different. At this point in time, we are not satisfied with the quality of the Iocath update. For that reason, we are delaying the release of 5.2 by one week to release on April 18th. This allows the team more time to make improvements to address some of the issues still pending We did not make this decision lightly, as we are very eager for all of you to get your hands on the new storyline, reunite with old companions, or try your hand at taking down the God of Rage himself. As soon as we know timing for the next maintenance, I will post that information. Thank you for all your patience and understanding. We do apologize for any inconvenience this has caused. We will post patch notes either today or first thing tomorrow so that you know what is planned for 5.2. Uh, now, for those of you wondering about the CXP event and whether it will be extended a week, here is an update from Eric on that as well. And he wrote, Currently, the XP and CXP event is going to turn off as scheduled tonight. However, with the delay, we definitely want to keep it running for you another week. We are exploring options to turn it back on tomorrow with the new 5.2 date. I will post updates as soon as I have them. So there may very well be a small update to keep the CXP event lights turned on, but obviously it's more than just a little uh, database toggle somewhere. Uh, Sounds like they might have to actually do a little bit of a code change to make that happen, so stay tuned. And so on that note, since Game Update 5.2 will not be launching tomorrow, that means the contest held by Bad Feeling Podcast is also going to be delayed a week. For those who don't know, Bad Feeling Podcast is holding a contest where the winner will get to stand up and shout, show me the credits, because up for grabs is 200 million credits. All you need to do is kill Tithe and then email a screenshot of your kill to Brian at badfeelingpodcast.com. 
Uh, story mode counts as one entry and hard mode counts as two entries. All servers are eligible and you can submit as many entries as you want. The contest will now run from April 18th through May 2nd. And I did confirm that with the folks at Bad Feeling Podcast earlier today. And be sure to listen to the Bad Feeling Podcast each week. They do a great job and are a lot of fun to listen to. So that's all the announcements I have. I am going to talk about the Cantina Tour, but I think it slid from announcements to news this week. So with that, let's slice the holonet and get to the news this week. Star Wars Celebration Orlando kicks off this week, and on Friday, April 14th, BioWare will hold their Cantina Tour. Now, it will run from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, and it will be held in the Orange Ballroom at the Orlando Hilton, which is right by the convention center-ish. And I say ish because there are two buildings for the convention center, the north slash south and the west. And Star Wars Celebration Orlando will be held in the west building, and the Hilton is much closer to the north slash south building. And I think it's going to actually be a pretty good walk from the Hilton to the convention. Now, they said it's a pretty big space, and I checked out the hotel website, and it is, and here are the specs for the the orange ballroom. Uh, it's listed at 30,000 square feet, uh, 24-foot ceilings, divisible into seven sections, a pillarless floor plan with unobstructed views, recessed chandeliers and lighting, and up to two-ton rigging capability. All right, I don't know what all of that means, but and I don't know if they're going to use the entire space or if parts of it will be sectioned off, but it's pretty big. And they said there have been up to 1,300 people at some of these events, and given that it's Star Wars Celebration, I imagine that they are planning on having a pretty big crowd. So uh, you should definitely plan to get there early. Now, like previous cantinas, there will be a cantina mount code. Also, anyone who attends will get a Star Wars The Old Republic t-shirt. So finally, some wearable swag. Uh, I mean, I'm a coffee mug guy myself, but second to that, I'm a t-shirt guy. So I'm kind of stoked about this. Uh, they also said they might have some tithe posters that you can get as well. There will be guests, including Darren DePaul, who is the voice of Valkorian and the new Ops Both Tithe. Uh, best of all, there will be free drinks if you are over 21, and I am most definitely over 21. Uh, they also said that folks from Galaxy of Heroes will be there and might have something to show, and that uh, Bioware themselves may have information on upcoming content for Star Wars The Old Republic. So, if you are going to Star Wars Celebration, then you really should check out the cantina. I will be there and would love to say hi to any of you that listen to the podcast. So what I'll do is sometime before the event, I will tweet out a picture of myself so you know who to look for or who to avoid. So that's it for the cantina tour. Uh, let's talk about Game Update 5.2. Now, last week, I covered a lot of what's coming in 5.2, but on Thursday, BioWare held a live stream and had even more information about what is coming tomorrow. So first up is Galactic Command and CXP. Now, as you know, the CXP event is ending with the release of 5.2, and a lot of people were wondering what CXP gains would look like after the event. Well, there's good news on that front, folks. During the live stream, they said that CXP gains are going to stay pretty similar to what they were during the event. They said they don't want to go backwards here, uh, which is something I could not agree more with. 
Uh, they acknowledged what a lot of us felt when the event launched, which, which was, this is how CXP should have been all along. Now, exactly how it's going to change isn't 100% clear to me. Here's what Charles Boyd said about it on the live stream. Take a listen. What is happening to Command XP after the event ends? So, uh... Long story short, it is going to stay pretty much the same as what is in the event now. So what the rate you're getting Command XP on live currently is roughly the rate you're going to be getting it uh, after this event or after this uh, update goes live. I say roughly because we are changing a little bit of the math uh, behind the scenes. Um, the base rate that you earn it will go down somewhat, um, but that's to account for the fact that we're actually adding uh, CXP back onto uh, enemy NPCs throughout the game. Uh, so you'll actually be getting more CXP from a new, you know, from that route than you would have been before. And so that should all balance out to be the same rate pretty much to what you have now. If it works out different than that, absolutely let us know because that is the goal. We want it to feel uh, as good as it's feeling now and uh, not go backward. All right. So that was Charles Boyd. But then on the forums, someone asked about CXP boosts post 5.2. And this was the, that person's question. And they said, how will the new rates interact with boost items? Right now, if I use the expensive boost that's supposed to give 200% CXP, it only really adds about 20% to the final amount. I assume that this was due to the fact that we're already currently under a boost as well. So once 5.2 hits, what will happen to that booster? If the current event amounts are the new, quote, baseline or thereabouts, will boosts actually be worthwhile? Right now, particularly the expensive one feels way too impotent to be worth the effort unless tokens are already maxed anyway. Uh, I, and I think the, 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 the boost he's talking about is that superior command boost. And I don't, I believe it gave 100% CXP, not 200%. But anyway, this is, this is the response from Eric Musco to the, to that question about the boosts. And he said, the boosts have improved value since the base is now higher than before. And of course we heard Charles say that the base was getting lowered. So I'm not really sure what to think other than CXP gains probably won't feel that much different tomorrow. And that, my friends, is a great thing. Uh, now, of course, one of the main features of 5.2 is the new operation. Once again, it's just one boss with story and veteran modes for now. And he'll drop tier three and tier four relics, which is a nice piece to get. And of course, tier three is, will be from story mode and tier four from veteran mode. So if you're looking to get ahead of the curve, there are plenty of videos from the PTS that you can watch to get an idea of his abilities, size of the place, and start developing a strategy to take him down. In addition to the operation, there is a new story coming, which will feature the return of Malavi Quinn and Alara Dorn. Now, the big thing with the story is that you'll have to choose whether or not you wish to align with the Republic or the Empire, and this will dictate which companion you get. Now, if you side with the Empire, you'll, you can get Quinn, and if you side with the Republic, you can get Alara Dorn. Charles did hint that there may be a secret way for Sith warriors to get Quinn, even if they side with the Republic. So something to think about if you play a Sith warrior. Uh, the choice you make is permanent as far as future stories go. However, you will be able to switch factions each day as you play through the daily area. And again, it's worth note, worth stating that this faction alignment only applies to Iocath and it has no bearing on the rest of the game. So 
regarding the daily area, we did get some new information about it on the live stream. First, there is a currency that you'll collect uh, as you play through IOCath, and you can use this currency to purchase items that will allow you to do things like Command Walker. In fact, Charles said there will be several new options, including uh, Deploy and Pilot, a full-size turret, and it should be noted that this turret is stationary but does a ton of damage. Uh, you'll be able to control monitor droids, which are like those IOCath droids. I think we got one uh, during one of the story chapters in Knights of the Eternal Throne, and you will be able to control a mouse droid. He said there is an additional option to turn into something else, but he didn't want to spoil it. Now, I'm really hoping that it is the giant robot that we got to pilot in one of the story chapters, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that for sure. Now, keep in mind that the quests themselves don't feature these mechanics. They'll be normal kill and collect. However, as you gain currency, you can purchase these items, which should make completing these quests a lot easier and a lot more fun, and you can use them in PvP. And as I mentioned earlier, you will be able to change your faction in the daily area. And basically, you can do this once per day, uh, but once you run a mission, you won't be able to change for that day. In other words, you can't complete all the Imperial missions and then change factions and turn around and do all the pub missions. You can do one or the other, but you can work on both faction reputations on a single character. And the reason for the faction switching is so you aren't locked out from playing with your friends. And I think this is a good choice, by the way. One thing to note is that the team-up rules are still class faction limited, meaning if you're a trooper and a bounty hunter who sided with the Republic on Iocath, you cannot team up to do missions. Um, and as I said, there's going to be reputations for both sides, and some of the reputation rewards include a mount, armor set, mini pet, and titles. And I think they were going to try and uh, release some images of those before uh, the... Uh, before 5.2 is released, but I haven't seen anything yet, and I'm not sure that they'll get around to actually doing that. So that's it for the new daily area. I now want to talk about another new feature coming in 5.2, and that's the updated galaxy map. Uh, Eric wrote about it on the forums, and they showed it off on the live stream, and it looks amazing, by the way. And, and here's what Eric uh, had to say when he posted it on the forums which was uh, coming with game update 5.2 is a new quality of life feature, a revamped galaxy map. Aside from just being improved aesthetically, it also provides new functionality. We really wanted to improve players' ability to travel around the galaxy. So let's talk about what's new with the galaxy map. So you must have a personal ship to use the galaxy map. Uh, so you have to make sure that you completed the early parts of your class mission. You can access the galaxy map from anywhere by simply pressing the icon on your minimap, navigate to it through the top UI, or use the shortcut key, which is Shift plus M by default. Uh, it does take advantage of legacy perks. So if you've acquired the quick travel perk, you can travel directly to your personal starship from the galaxy map. If you have a priority transport uh, or any of the planetary perks, you will have zero credit cost to travel to that location from the galaxy map. Uh, the priority transport perks function the same, but they no longer have a cooldown, allowing you to travel quickly to different locations. And you can now use quick travel while located inside ship hangars. So uh, as you can see, these changes should allow you to travel easily around the galaxy and can save you the walk to your ship. Now I've said this before, but I am a huge quality of life guy. I go 
bonkers for quality of life changes. That said, I can't help but wonder if this makes getting around too easy. I mean, does it risk breaking the immersion of living in a galaxy far, far away? On the one hand, with quick quick travel, daily terminals, strongholds, and legacy perks, getting around was already to the point where it was immersion-breaking. To me, the new map removes some of the clues that exists with getting around, so in some ways, I think it makes things a lot smoother. And I've already, I already spend very little time in my ship these days, and when I am there, it feels empty, because none of my companions are there. So, to me, I think the damage, if you will, was already done, and this just cleans things, cleans things up. So yeah, I am looking forward to the new map, and as I said, it looks very, very cool. So it's a nice, nice change that nobody asked for, but I think, uh, really not much to complain about here. So that's really it for Game Update 5.2. There were a few other items they talked about in the live stream that I want to get to here. Uh, first is Galactic Command and Legacy. They said that unassembled components and legacy is a common request. They don't know how they're going to address it, but that it will be a top priority after 5.2. Regarding class changes, they said nothing was done for 5.2, but that is next up on the list and no details on what they're looking to do although i do believe i heard eric musco in the stream say something about mercenaries and he may have combined that with the word overpowered and not 100 percent sure on that but class changes not slated for 5.2 but for some uh update uh later on regarding season eight for pvp no information yet on rewards and they said they haven't nailed down when it's going to end now, they also talked about vendors and Tier 1 gear. And initially, Charles said that we'd be able to directly purchase Tier 1 gear from vendors in 5.2, but it turns out that that is a feature that is coming later. Uh, there are some quality of life changes coming to the vendors, though. And when you go to look at the gear on a vendor, it will be filtered based on your discipline. You can still look at everything on the vendor, but this will cut down on some of the noise, uh, so to speak. Also, the patch notes for 5.2 were released. I'm not going to go through them, but one thing that caught my eye was this. Updated class story introductions. The introductory scenes for the original eight class storylines have been significantly, significantly updated and improved. So basically what this means is, as the game has grown and the cinematic technology has improved, they decided to go back and bring these introductory cinematics in line with what they've been able to do with the Knights of the Fallen Empire and Knights of the Eternal Throne cinematics. So that's pretty cool, and you might want to go uh, create a character of each of the classes just to check out the, the changes, although you, know, you just want to be a little bit patient. I'm sure all of these things will pop up on YouTube in good time. And then finally during the live stream, a question came up about Bioware's offices in Austin. And here's what Eric had to say about them. Uh, unrelated question. Do you ever open your offices to the public for community events in Austin or at least have cantinas in and around the area? We have done a, one, two yeah, we've uh, done, Austin cantinas before. Yep. We don't usually open up the office itself to the public. Yep. Um, it's less exciting than you would think. Yeah, it's, it's a really bunch of <laughs> desks. I mean, it's desks and people Computers. working. Computers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to beg to differ on Eric's assessment of his workplace. And I've talked about this before, but during the Guild Summit in 2012, I got to visit their HQ in Austin. Now, from the outside, the building is very plain. 
In fact, it's borderline CD warehouse. And I'm not even sure there's a sign identifying it as Bioware. I mean, it looks very much like a building that's trying to stay hidden and doing an excellent job of it. The inside is another story. Yes, it has desks and chairs and computers. It also has a display case with memorabilia and a giant Malgus statue, an amazing concept art littering the walls, not to mention high-quality PCs where you can play Star Wars The Old Republic. I imagine that there are many of us that would love working in an environment such as that. So I, I, I don't, I, I really feel like Eric is underselling the place, at least from the inside. And when I was there, I mean, I saw that art on the wall and just wanted to just, you know, walk away with it all. So that is it for Game Update 5.2 and the live stream. It hits servers tomorrow and I, I can't wait. I think 5.2 is going to be a good update. Uh, and it, like I said, I've said this last week, I believe it's got a little bit something for everyone, right? If you're, if you like to play solo, there's going to be brand new story for you to do as well as the, the daily area. You'll be able to team up with people in the daily area. It's got PVP options. You'll be able to purchase some fun toys like walkers and droids and, and run around with them as well. And of course, it's got the brand new operation, one boss for now, but at least it's something brand new. And we know we're going to get four more bosses later on. So it's, it's, it, it's a really good update. And of course, there have been all of these improvements to Galactic Command as well that I reviewed last week with the changes to crates, uh, the loot, and, and and everything else. So really, I think this this uh, game update puts the game in a pretty good place for right now, and I look forward to seeing what comes next. I wanted to switch gears now and talk about a rumor that has surfaced surrounding Knights of the Old Republic. A gaming journalist named Liam Robertson reported that Bioware Austin is now working on a remake-slash-revival of Knights of the Old Republic. This is what he said. What they're currently working on right now, and I have this on good authority, is a sort of remake-slash-revival of Knights of the Old Republic. I don't know when this is set to come out, but it has been in development for a little while now. I don't really know how the game will end up. I've heard that it isn't exactly a remake anymore, but it started out as a remake-slash-revival. Now it's kind of going from that blueprint in sort of its own original thing. I guess we'll see what turns out to be, but they are prototyping it right now. Now, there is further speculation that one of the goals for the game is to bring the Old Republic storyline with the current canon of the Star Wars universe, uh, perhaps paving the way for characters like Revan and HK-47 to be canon. And again, that's just purely speculation, what people are sort of uh, wondering. That's not necessarily what's being reported here. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that. Now, I have no idea if this is at all true, but to me, rebooting the story and starting over makes absolutely no sense. Star Wars The Old Republic is a story-driven game that is an extension of the characters and events of Knights of the Old Republic. In terms of the story, it's effectively KOTOR 3. Rebooting Knights of the Old Republic would immediately invalidate everything in Star Wars The Old Republic. I can't imagine they would do that unless they planned to pull the plug on SWOTOR, which I don't see happening either. One possibility is that this will be a completely new story with a new set of characters that takes place in the Old Republic, but maybe a thousand or so years later than where we are today. 
After all, there is a lot of time frame to work with between where SWOTOR is today and where the events of The Phantom Menace take place. And if the plan were to write a story that is part of the new canon, this would give them a little freedom to cherry-pick key elements from the original stories and reference them at a high level so as not to squash everything entirely. Now, the rumor stated that development is happening in Austin, which is where Star Wars The Old Republic is developed. Can you imagine, in the same studio, at the same time, one group is rewriting the entire KOTOR story, while another group is continuing to write a story that is effectively dead on arrival? And who's to say that they are completely separate teams? It's not inconceivable that people could work on both games, including the writers. Again, all of this is just rumor and speculation. There was no mention of time frames or release. Uh, KOTOR's next milestone isn't until 2019 when it turns 15. I would definitely take this one with a grain of salt. And I have to say, a new Star Wars game from Bioware is definitely an exciting prospect. And I want to believe it's happening. I'm just not sold on a rewrite of Knights of the Old Republic. So my final bit of news this week is that I changed guilds. Well, I moved my main tune into a new guild anyway, and I may transfer other characters at some point. And I loved the guild that I was in, but over the last couple of years, it kind of shrunk. A few friends had left, and it was more or less down to a handful of people, and their schedule just didn't mesh uh, with mine. So as a result, I've spent the better part of this expansion going solo. And I think I did pretty well for myself going it alone. I hit Galactic Command rank 300, and I'm entering 5.2 in 240-plus gear. But it's not as much fun, and there's a lot of content I've been missing out on or just pugging, which hasn't been a lot of fun either. So anyway, I'm now in one of these big tent guilds, and it's huge. It's got a 1,000-plus members. It's extremely active with anywhere from 30 to 60 people online at any given time. And what I like about it is the flexibility. There's always something going on. I can log on when I want, and there's usually an ops group I can join right then and there. So, long story short, I'm excited. Star Wars The Old Republic is one of the most solo-friendly games out there, but it is so much more fun when you play with friends or, at a minimum, an organized group of people working towards the same goal. So, uh, you know, th this this change for me could not have come at a better time because I think with all the changes to Galactic Command, you'll still be able to do things uh, solo, but just not nearly as quickly as you could if you were running operations, um, uprisings, or, or doing other group content. So that's it for this week. A little bit short today. Uh, Star Wars Celebration is in a few days, and I hope to see some of you at the Cantina Tour. And if you are uh, headed to Orlando's, safe travels to you, safe journey. And with that, I definitely hear the music, which can mean only one thing. You have managed to survive another half hour, give or take. Listening to episode 32 of the State of the Old Republic podcast, I'm your host, Ted, and I do thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at Sotor Podcast and be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. 
So look for episode 33 on April 18th, 2017. And remember, the Sith Code cake is alive. 